0: God Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord of hosts. Blessed, O Lord, the reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Savior, King of us all, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, to Him is the glory forever and ever. Six months the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, O full of grace, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her.
1: Son the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the second Sunday of the month of Kahq, and if you remember, just to recap, last week we saw the Annunciation, or we heard the Annunciation of the birth of St. John the Baptist, and now our mother, the church, provides us the reading of the Annunciation of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, we celebrated a few weeks ago the 29th of the Coptic month, came on a Sunday, so we had this same reading. A few weeks ago, so it gives us a chance to take a look at a different aspect. Last time when we were looking at this passage, we talked about how St. Mary was someone who said yes to God and how saying yes to God opens doors for us to receive blessing and to be, uh, to take part in his, uh, story of salvation and the bringing of the kingdom of God. So today I wanted to take a look and see maybe some of the little bit of the theological points that are happening here in, in, in the passage. Right away, one of the things that says this now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. So one of the things that maybe you take for granted, but I want to make sure that we understand as Orthodox Christians, that we believe in the virginal birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. That say Mary was a virgin before giving birth to Christ and actually even after the birth of Christ. That's why in the iconography of the church, if you look at any of the icons of St. Mary, uh, her shoulders will have a little star on each shoulder, and have a, a star sort of on her head. Uh, and that's the, the iconographer's way of signifying that she is a virgin before, during, and after the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, you can see that it says in verse 27 that she's betrothed. So, so that we understand sort of the culture of the times, um, when someone is betrothed as a Jewish person, it's sort of like a, a binding engagement. So, like there's like a contract signed between two people or two parties, two families, and it's not really going to, supposed to be broken except for divorce. So it's not something that is like easily broken. But during the time of betrothal, there's no uh, intimate act that, that's, for, that's reserved for marriage. So for St. Mary to show up uh, into Joseph's house once, if they become married uh, and be pregnant would be sort of an enormous amount of doubt would be casted on St. Mary. Everyone would be wondering sort of what was going on. Are St. Mary and, and St. Joseph not living up to their agreement Or maybe St. Mary has found somebody else You know, But regardless of what people thought or talked about Or would say maybe behind St. Mary's back She was willing to obey God She feared God more than she feared man So the question for ourselves is would we, Are we willing to sacrifice our reputation for God's will? Am I willing to have people say bad things about me In order to do the right thing? Am I okay with people saying bad things or wrong things about me or even inaccurate things about me because I am doing what God wants me to do. You might say that God would never ask me to do something that would put my reputation in jeopardy. But think about what this situation meant for St. Mary. For the rest of her life, there would be people who looked down on her because they didn't believe. They would consider always that our Lord Jesus Christ is an illegitimate child and that St. Mary is an adulterer. The other part that uh, is interesting or I wanted to just meditate on for a little bit is it says that St. Mary was sort of, of of lowly state. That's what she says about herself. And she lived in Nazareth, which was really like a, a no-name town. So from human standards, St. Mary is not really a very important person. But to God, she is blessed. Right? Rejoice, O full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So from these verses, why I want to highlight this is we realize that being highly favored, being full of grace, being blessed among women, or being blessed in general, I can be of low estate and be favored in the eyes of God at the same time. This is maybe uncommon when we think about the society that we live in, especially in America, that we, we look at poverty as a sign of disfavor. But here it's clear that they can and they oftentimes do go together. So that should bring up a question for us, living in the society that we live in. Are we really or actually blessed? Are all the comfort and the material things that we have really a blessing from God? St. Mary was highly favored, she was full of grace, she was blessed among women, but she remained very poor by the standards of the world. So it's, it's good for us to challenge our ingrained thinking about the stuff we have, the, the blessings that we have or the things that we, we consider to be blessings. If you compare, or you look at uh, Saint Mary's reaction to the Archangel Gabriel, as uh, compared to Zechariah when the angel appeared to him, they were both frightened. They were both greatly troubled. And he says, actually, the Archangel says the same thing to to Saint Mary that he says to Zechariah, which is, "Don't be afraid." When angel When the angel comes, obviously the first thing is like, you know you don't see an angel every day, so they are afraid. They're fearful. So he says the first thing that he says to her is, "Don't be afraid." St. Luke in, the, in his Gospel is, is painting St. Mary as in, in, in a particular way. He's saying that she is a model believer, that she is, the, the Word of God is important to her. Uh, she can, he kind of contrasts her with Zechariah. She's, she's favored by God, she's obedient, she worships, she's a faithful follower of God's law. God chose St. Mary, which is a grace, but it's because of Her faithfulness, because of her obedience, because of her purity. So it's a synergy between God and man here in the incarnation. We talked about that a few weeks ago and we talked about the feast of the Annunciation. She did not ask for this role in God's plan. God is the one who stepped into her life and brought her into the service. Her asset, the thing that she did well, especially well, is that she is faithful. She's going to be honored for the rest of generations for her faithfulness, her openness, her willingness to serve God. And that's why she says, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. St. Luke also, if we pay attention, because of these readings are coming in order, and they're all, by the way, from chapter 1 of the Gospel of St. Luke, you can see some parallels between St. John the Baptist and our Lord Jesus Christ. St. Luke is doing that on purpose. He's showing some similarities, but at the same time, uh, pointing out a few differences as well. For example, they are both cousins, There are both coming from two miraculous pregnancies. There are hymns sung after the birth of each one. And then the two births result in two great lives. Both of them are called great. But it's in the differences that the reality of the superiority of Christ is sort of shown or revealed. Both are called great. But our Lord Jesus Christ is called the Son of God. He says, therefore also, the Holy One who is to be born of you will be called the Son of God. Both pregnancies were the result of God intervening. Elizabeth is becoming pregnant in a very old age. St. Mary would become pregnant even though she does not know a man. So St. Luke is trying to say like there are parallels here, but there is a contrast that our Lord Jesus Christ is something separate, something above St. John the Baptist. So when Mary asks the question, how can this be since I do not know a man? This is another proof for us that of, of the virginal birth. He's like she, she is confused. She says, I don't know anyone for me to have a son. And so the angel explains and says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. One thing also that we see is that she responds again in faith when she didn't really fully understand everything in contrast to Zechariah who basically said this is impossible this can't happen Elizabeth is too old although he has precedent right the Old Testament is full of people who are too old and had babies right think of Abraham and Sarah so I should think to myself are there times in my life when I don't fully understand or I don't fully comprehend or I can't make sense out of the things that God is doing in my life what should my response be how should I respond to that I should respond by saying, I don't completely understand these things, but I do know that God is always good. I trust and I know that this is true of God regardless of anything, even though I'm not sure exactly what He is up to. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. Another thing, just a a fact about about what's going on with the Annunciation of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the normal betrothal age in, in Israel at this time is like 12, 13, 14 years old. We don't know exactly the age of St. Mary, but she was probably a teenager. So her faith and her, and, and, and her spiritual maturity at this young age is extraordinary. The angel reminds her of the other miraculous birth. Like I said, St. Luke is trying to draw parallels here and showing us the parallels between uh, the birth of uh, St. John the Baptist and the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. So she, she, he says to her, You know, St. Elizabeth, who is barren who everybody said could not have a child, is now six months pregnant. And so St. Mary is now part of this, uh, the story of salvation. She's being made aware of another miraculous birth. And the bottom line that the archangel says to her, there is nothing that is impossible with God. So God's word to his people, to the people of Israel, is that there is nothing impossible with God. Remember last week we talked about how when the archangel spoke to Zechariah, to give him the news of St. John the Baptist that there was about 450 years of silence from God and the people of Israel. And so you can imagine how the people of Israel have probably at this point thought to themselves that this is impossible. Our salvation is impossible. Our restoration to God is impossible. But now God is making his actions known and he's saying there is nothing impossible with God. So then finally we just think to ourselves, am I carrying a burden? Is there something in my life that seems for me to be insurmountable? Something I cannot overcome? Is there a concern from like a human perspective, from a human standpoint, that there does not seem to be any relief? There does not seem to be an answer? Maybe there is a part of my life as a Christian that I'm struggling with, a sin I'm trying to remove, a virtue I'm trying to attain. There is nothing impossible with God. The incarnation itself teaches us that nothing is impossible with Him, and that He loves us more than we can imagine. May God give us and remind us of the faithfulness of God at all times, that He keeps His promises, and that there is nothing impossible with Him. And glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.